Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is 76. Welcome to this week's Hardcore Listing Podcast with Chris and Stu. Um, this week's guests are the subways, not the subways that stink of piss that you run through because you don't want to get invaded or attacked or murdered um, although Chris does stink of piss and I do run past him in case I'm invaded attacked or murdered um, but this subway specifically are the group the subways um, who I believe just off the top of my head are an English rock band from Welland Garden City in Hertfordshire um, their debut album Young for Eternity um, again from memory was released on the 4th of July 2005 in the UK how exciting um, on cooking vinyl no less uh, this week specifically we are speaking to Billy Lunn who does the guitar and vocals no idea where Charlotte Cooper or Josh Morgan is um, probably practicing um, the bass and drums respectively anyway this week is a good one uh, anybody who likes British comedy uh, British comedy films um, and quotables will absolutely adore this episode. It's a good one. Billy is very funny. Chris isn't, and neither is Stu. Anyway, enjoy the show. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Hello, hello, welcome to Hardcore Listing. Hello. All right, mate? Yes, yes, we're, um, we're not going to do the, the obligatory how you been because we're in London. We've already recorded yep. one podcast already. Um, sure. Not sure if that's been out by the time this one comes out. Don't, we or don't not. know because we, we just, just, our release schedule is hodgepodge. Yeah, you know, We might record one and then there's some we still haven't released that we've recorded like eight weeks ago. Yep. So. So we are um, in our kind of London home, I guess, the Hoxton Square Bar and Kitchen, mm-hmm. who um, kindly let us use this venue for free. Yeah. So we're just going to give them a little plug and say hello. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, I'll tell you what, I introduced the last guest, so you can, you can do today. Okay, well, today's guest, I'm glad to introduce, is Billy Lunn from the Subways. Hello. What? Good to be here. Oh, mate, thanks so much for coming on. And oh, you're wearing shorts. I know it was a bit sunny today. <laughs> I like, know, there was a sliver of yeah, sunshine. It was, though. It was like the shorts are coming Dude, out. It's so British. It's such a yeah, British yeah. thing. It was well nice this morning. Yeah. And I had really boring sort of pedestrian stuff to do indoors. 
that's probably wrong use of the word. Um, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I've got to find a reason to get outside. Yeah. I'm going skiing. <laughs> the sun's out. It's got, it's got to happen, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> now, I walked the dogs and I was in trousers and I sweated just a little bit. Yeah. As soon as I start to feel the sweat, I'm like, no. Nah, that's the threshold, isn't it? Get them off. Yeah. My cousins, my two cousins, wheeler dealers in Clacton, they wear shorts all year round. <laughs> Hardcore. Yeah. It's like up in Newcastle, they're just, you know... Do you know what? Anything. It's so weird. I will never, because we're from Essex, I will never like generalise what people act like or due to an like due to wherever they live. But I reckon about seven years ago, I went to Newcastle to DJ, and we we DJ quite early. Mm. And then when we left, we went back to like the the kind of apartment thing, like where we were staying. And I have never seen so many drunk women in such short skirts. <laughs> and I just thought, God, it's what you're told happens up here. And I thought, yeah. it can't be. Yeah. And whether I just took a certain journey home, I don't know. <laughs> but they all... They all <laughs> <Certain> <laughs> journey, yeah. Newcastle was one of the best nights out you can get there. Yeah. It was... Yeah, 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 so so weird night, that one. We actually got bottled off that night. Really? Uh, it was the first time ever we was... It was a oh, it's a chain, Tiger Tiger. Yeah, um, I'm familiar it was, with it. Yeah, it's not it's not a place that I particularly <laughs> yeah, yeah. would choose to frequent. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, they'd booked an in between as DJ set, and yeah. and uh, and James come out on on stage. And normally in the kind of student nights and things like that, just to play it safe, it's yeah. plastic glasses and plastic bottles. Mm. Yeah, it weren't that night. Oh, and normally when hell. When like James had come out, his character was quite good insofar as girls quite liked him because he was the fella off the telly. Chat, but right. fellas quite liked him as well because yeah. he was just a complete helmet. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and so, but for this reason, when he walked out, there was loads of girls like screaming at him like it was Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> but and and the kind of guys there really didn't like didn't it. Didn't take a liking to that. And, and I thought, oh, this isn't going down very well. Right. And, he was, and it was kind of a bit of a dancey club and he was dropping the kind of indie hits of then. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this bottle just come over and I just thought, oh, dear. And then that <laughs> just kind of signalled this green light for this like massive... Like, V97 oh, all over like, again. Yeah, um, what was it? Daphne and Celeste. It was yeah. like, <laughs> just this... Mat- and I was like, yeah. I was, mate, we've got to go. And I just pulled him off the DJ booth and the promoter was like, get back out of here. I was like, fuck no off, mate. No, thank you. But yeah, yeah, that was... Uh, but I have been back, and I was, I was in Newcastle a couple of days ago, and it was lovely. Yeah. yeah. You've been driving all, all around, haven't you? Oh, um, right. So we, we just, that, that sounds like, like worse gigs, which actually, a friend of yours, who we just recorded with, uh, Steve Ansell from yeah. uh, Blood Red Shoes. Who you rudely just blanked <laughs> in oh, the high street. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually really glad, because I thought I was seeing a ghost, because I thought he was in America. <laughs> yeah, so, so I was like... Jesus Christ, that guy looks like... I've got, I've got to text him. Or, you know. Just say the guy who looks just like you. Like you exactly know. like you. Like everything about him. And it is him. Okay. Brilliant. And, Brilliant. and Steve just did um, top five uh, most memorable gigs, good or bad. That's a good one. Yeah. That's but, a really good one. By no means like, oh God, we was amazing that night. Yeah. It was memorable gigs for all manner of bonkers reasons. Because you never know you how know. it's going to go. I mean, that's yeah. a lot of the nerves before I go on stage. You know, we do this all the time. You know, 60 minute set, 90 minute set, whatever. You have your set list already and you kind of know what you're going to do. But 
you still never know what's going to happen during that period when you're on yeah. stage. Yeah. Never know if something's going to kick off. And uh, did Steve include any gig in Middlesbrough in there? No. No. Okay. Because no. we've had like every time we've played Middlesbrough, it's been insane. <laughs> give, <laughs> us, give, us a, give us a story, Bill. Come on. Uh, uh, well, this is not just. Uh, well, okay. It's, this is post gig. Yeah. Uh, I thought, ah, oh, screw it. You know, it's a club night. I'm going to go out dancing. Yeah. I went out doing a bit of dancing, yeah. and a few fans sort of tottered over and like, yeah. hey, how you doing? Let's yeah. do some dancing. Yeah. Uh, bumped into one guy. I was like, oh, that's a bit funny. And then he bumped into me again. Yeah. I turned around and he pulled a knife on me. Fuck! <laughs> yeah. Uh, and luckily, like, these fans I was with, they were real avid fans, so they jumped in front. They, they threw themselves <laughs> yeah. on the, on the like, blade. I'll take a knife at me then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank you. Um, Man, and then that's I young fraternity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you will be now, mate. You're dead. Yeah, let's put that to the test. Jeez. Uh, and another gig, a completely separate gig. Um, again in Middlesbrough. Again in Middlesbrough, yeah. We uh, um, were playing on stage and I, I was swinging my guitar around during a solo. I'd you know, back in the day when my knees could handle that sort of <laughs> stuff. Um, and uh, I knocked Charlotte, our bassist, on the head. I was like, oh, my God, are you okay? And yeah. she's like, yeah, totally fine. A couple of songs later, we went off stage for the encore. And I ran straight towards her. I was like, oh, my God, are you okay? And she turned around. And I just, have you seen that Simpsons episode when um, uh, Bart and Homer are trying to steal the uh, grease from the school in the middle of the night and Homer doesn't think that the grease pump is working so he holds it up to his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sucks his eye yeah. out and he turns around and Bart goes, ah! like, like when Charlotte turned around, I went, ah! like this because it looked like she had a golf ball. Golf ball, yeah. Yeah, it was just the craziest thing. I felt oh, so bad. When you see that, because you don't, I don't think you believe that that actually happens until you see it, and it, then you're like, "What the yeah. fuck is what? that on yeah. your head?" Yeah. It, it's like it's a, a growth on your face, and it don't take long, does it? No, 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 no. seconds. You yeah. see some of the, the UFC fights yeah. and the boxing matches where like, they take a, a whack in the wrong yeah. spot, and then literally by the end of the round, it, it's like, like you say, yeah, yeah. pure cartoon. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so that's just Middlesbrough. I mean, that's just two gigs in Middlesbrough. But, yeah. Brilliant. Newcastle slammed Middlesbrough. Slammed. Top five most memorable gigs in Middlesbrough. I love both those cities. North East, I'm sorry. I was once nearly assaulted and then I did assault one of my own band members. So. <laughs> the danger. It just, you know, you go up there and it just happens. Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, All right, so um, before you announce your top five, Bill, was there any others that you considered? Um... Yeah, I think, like, because my wife, yep. Rowena, she's coming on next week, yep. and we, we sort of had this discussion. Yep. I was like, what about this? What about this? Um, <laughs> I won't say what hers is, but she's gone unique as well. Yeah, like, her, hers are really good. Yeah. Um, and she she decided hers first, Yeah. Um, which sort of put the pressure on me. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've got to do something different and better, because yeah. I can't be stumped by the misses. Um, no, I thought of gigs, but then I thought, I don't want to, you know... I don't want to do anything sort of too focused on what I originally sure. do. You know, I kind of want to do something different. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, maybe I could do top five books because I'm studying an English literature degree. And Roe was just like, no, 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 <laughs> don't. Uh, you'll bore from, everybody. One's from Grey's and the other's from Bazardon. You're going to lose them really quickly <laughs> <laughs> when you start talking out about books. What's that thing? They're like pamphlets for, for, for club nights and that, yeah? Uh, yeah. I've seen the film. Um, but yeah, uh, no, I, I, I went for this. Like, you know, uh, Ro, my wife, is a, is a big uh, film buff. And um, 
I wanted to do something that's I sort of carried with me through my life, you know, that's been really important uh, to me through my life, that has sort of links with my family, yeah. um, and also with my job, and, uh, and, uh, and just what I love in life, and it just came to me, I was like, Life of Brian. I've got yeah. to pick my best five quotes from Life of Brian. Um, and luckily, because it's such an insanely amazing movie, yep. there's just so much I could talk about, but yeah. Brilliant. Well, do you know what? I've, I don't reckon I've seen Life of Brian for, I reckon, maybe 10 years. But I reckon I've probably seen it 500 times. Yeah. And... Uh, and yeah, I think as soon as you start saying a quote, I will uh. yeah, I will finish it quite quickly. <laughs> it's, oh, man, yeah. Um, I well, I rewatched it the other day, and mm. there's just even things that aren't quotes that just started making me laugh out, yeah, properly yeah. laugh. And I was like, oh, mate, I can't wait for this. Um, but I feel, I feel like a, a sense of pressure, actually, because it's so good. I want to yeah. do it justice, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, um, so Monty Python in general was a big part of growing up? Or? Yeah, um, I think... When I was much, much younger, for me, it was just the silly stuff yeah. that I really love. You know, Terry, Dro uh, Terry Jones and drag yeah. and, and that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff, or dressing up. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, seeing Graham Chapman, Chapman's Willie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just <laughs> the slapstick stuff, yeah. the woman carrying the donkey before the stone yeah. in, uh, <laughs> seeing George Harrison. Yeah. Uh, Aloo. And... Um, and then as I got older, and I just started learning more about what irony is and what yeah. satire mm. is, and uh, and all the ins and outs to do with religion and culture sure. and society and uh, modernity as well. Mm. Um, <laughs> and since I've started studying my degree, I'm just like, yeah, it's it's just confirming and validating yeah. just how genius that movie is. Brilliant, oh. brilliant. Um, I mean, I hope if it's in your top five, tell me to shut up now. But when you said just in drag at the beginning of the film it's just that line at the beginning is, is this on your five which one is it it's two letters it's two words sorry right I'm not I'm trying. no it. no go for it because I don't think it's in there I've gone like it's just that bit at the beginning where she goes speak up <laughs> and like it's just brilliant like, yeah it is it is it's the oh, the sermon speech yeah yeah, yeah. oh Oh, it's just incredible. <laughs> Can I start then? Yeah, Can go yeah, for it. Yeah, okay. Let's do it. Let's do right. it. Let's do okay. It. Uh, this this scene is just um, <laughs> it's just it's so good because it combines all these various things, right? So you've got this really well-established speech by Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, in which he sort of uh, elucidates to everybody the tenets of the Christian faith, yep. this new revolutionary idea about caring for each other. And, you know, for the next 2,000 years, people would latch onto it and it would just spread all over the world. And Monty Python set it up like it's in a market. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you just got these various sort of, you know, classes of people. Diff, yeah. And you got, yeah, speak up! <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, just this simple idea of someone overhearing mishearing yep. thinking it's the Greek what's so special about the Greek <laughs> oh it's the meek it's blessed are the meek um, and it's this quote that I've, that I've put in specifically but I've, what I've done is like for this I, I've, I've got one quote which either starts it off or is the best quote and then sort of you know the scene around it sure. because I can't, That's great. Well done. I can't do nice it in isolation yeah of course yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah 
I'm glad they're getting something. They have a hell of a time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something you'd hear on the doorstep, like, you know, yeah. uh, on a street somewhere. Like when I grew up in Hatfield, it's the kind of thing, you know, you sort of come out and uh, mum would sort of, you know, wave the mat, clean the mat yeah. and go, are you all right? Yeah. Oh, they are having a hell of a time. Yeah, yeah. They? <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> just this idea of, of seeing this monumental Western civilization being built pans back and you just get the the dregs yeah. talking about the miss uh misspeaking but yeah it's um absolutely incredible but yeah i, I totally <laughs> didn't get what you were gonna what you're gonna say <laughs> speak up because there's also the uh the stoning scene afterwards yep. yeah um and i was gonna do that but i feel like i'm gonna have to talk about it a little bit now as you well. could talk about whatever you want to oh, do but that, thank you it, 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 the sermon that, that that bit kills me though is that also the um yeah yeah scene, yeah because yeah well like, when he starts because he, oh ta- he scratches is that is that is that yeah is that gonna be involved in that or this not? is totally involved and this yeah, is yeah. like this is something that my dad my brother screw it, the whole of our family <laughs> yeah. like um <laughs> it's if anyone, if anyone is being a dick to any of us or any yeah. of us, shout out Kong face, <laughs> even if you've got the tiniest nose or whatever, I wasn't going to pick it. I was going to scratch it. I love yeah. the fact that he's getting his balls busted. And he, <laughs> it, was, it was clearly a scratch. Yeah. It was clearly a nose scratch. Don't scratch. Don't you leave it alone. <laughs> and, then, and then this sort of little fight breaks out. <laughs> it's the best crap fight yeah, ever. Yeah, it is as well. He's, like, cause he's, constant, like, he's constantly threatening him, but yeah. he never does anything. Once more, you call so me big nose, once more. It's this typical, like, like over-masculine thing, isn't yeah. it? If you say that one more time, you're going to have to hold me back because I'm fuck. And then this line that my, my dad used to say to me and my brother, if we were being particularly cheeky, he'd go, I take you to the fucking cleaners. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love is that, it. Is that met with language? <laughs> <laughs> and the other geezer pipes up and then he goes, uh, where are you used to from? No city. <laughs> <laughs> You're not so bad yourself, mate. Where are you from? Kong City. That's it. Yeah, on oh, no city. Jesus. That's it. No city. Oh, God. Oh, no city. Knock your block off. Brilliant. Oh. But then he goes, um, blessed are the cheesemakers. <laughs> yeah. Blessed What's are so the cheesemakers. Cheese oh, it's, no, it's not just about the cheesemakers. It's any manufacturers of dairy products. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, like, it's like a surface level joke. It yeah. works. But then if you think about it, it's like, but this is what people have been doing with religion Completely. all along. Yeah. You know, they've been going, oh, well, this is about this. Well, mm. it's not just about this. Mm. It's yeah. about this over here yeah, as well. Yeah, and yeah. so, you know... Oh, Whichever maybe. they're planning to latch on to, they're going to go, oh, yeah, it justifies this thing that we've got going on over here as well. Sure. Um, but then there is sort of the gratuitous violence against the woman. <laughs> oh, do pipe down. <laughs> and it's only until about, like, uh, it was like five years ago. Um, because I think it's just because I, I, I was laughing so much whenever I was watching yeah. that scene. But only about five years ago, I realised that Terry Gilliam's character starts humping the woman when the fight breaks <laughs> really? out. Really? Yeah. Like, as the scene sort of cuts off and Brian and his mum walk off, yeah. it's sort of Terry Gilliam's <laughs> character just humping away it's just the craziest the craziest opening scene oh brilliant because when that when that come out that did cause absolute uproar mm. didn't it was it? massive there it was, was massive like when it came out it was uh, they released it in america before they released it in the uk because the uk and i still can't believe this i can't believe it's true but the uk had blasphemy laws that's right, right. yeah so um uh, and even 
after the film was released uh, over in America, it was, did so well over in America, but when it was released over in the UK, uh, have you seen that uh, Cleese and uh, Palin talk on BBC? Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. And the, uh, oh, it's just this. So they're sat down, <laughs> um, yeah, John Cleese, Michael Payne, they're two like classically educated yeah. guys. One of them studied uh, law at Cambridge, um, and uh, that's Cleese, and Michael Payne studied English at Oxford. And uh, they sat down with Mal- Michael, Malcolm Muggeridge, that's it. He's the man who uh, went over to um, India uh, with this whole new batch of Fuji film and uh, discovered Mother Teresa, came back and said, oh, right. wow, she's got this sort of halo around her. It was like, you know, it's just because they released this yeah. new kind of film, but he yeah. didn't quite get that. Um, so he started off this whole uh, cult of Mother Teresa, and he's this massive Christian um, BBC talking head. Um, and they sit there, and I think it's for about an hour, an hour and a half, and they're just, they're saying, oh, this is despicable what you say about Christianity and what you say about Jesus and Palin and Cleese actually end up coming across as like the really mature and adult yeah. ones because they go, well, I think, you know, since medieval period, we've had satire, yeah. you know, and if they can cope with it back then, then I think you guys can cope with it now. And it was Malcolm Muggeridge wow. and the, uh, and uh, I think it was, it must've been a priest or someone or cardinal or something yeah, quite high up in the Catholic faith. Um, they were they were really just sniping at them. Yeah. But yeah, it was a, it was a massive massive thing. It yeah. was only in about two or three years ago. Uh, it was uh, banned in Bournemouth up until about 2012 or something like that. No way. Which is more than no two or three way. years. But yeah, it's it's there are still That's parts crackers. of like UK and Ireland where people refuse to show it because of what it says about the Christian oh, faith. Mate, it's brilliant. Um, because they never take snipes. It, they, they, it's not about Jesus. Brian isn't Jesus, and they make that very clear even in the first setup. Then exactly. when the free wise free wise men yeah. come in yeah. and they go giving the presents. Oh my god! I've <laughs> totally forgotten that scene as well. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and so you know it's not about Jesus, but they they were like, look, it's about. It's more about followers and how people have interpreted it, and yeah. you know, because you know he's actually what he said was quite boring because it's all quite reasonable. <laughs> it's all quite reasonable stuff. It's more the interpretation and the behaviour around it, which is what yeah. they've they've done. And even in that scene, like the, as you say, that the, the, the sermon scene, it's foreshadowing what happens in that movie. Because well, as we'll probably get into, but mm. it's crazy. But like you, you said, like they they released it in America. Do, did you um, do you want to talk about any like the weird facts like about financing and, and stuff totally. like that? Totally. Do you know anything about a the little? I, and I only okay. know because of this podcast. So I did a bit of digging around. Uh, but okay, I, I, yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, um, did, did no, you know? no. I, I knew who was the big funder of it. That right. Was, but, yeah, but, yeah. But go, you know, tell us. No, you can talk about it as no, well. It's no, your podcast. No, not at all, mate. <laughs> well, basically, um, I think it was like a week before it was meant to go into production. Uh, the head of EMI actually read the script. It That's was like, it. Yeah, I don't think we can fund yeah. this. He'd, so he'd, he'd greenlit it up until the point he read it, and then he was like, oh no. <laughs> Tells you everything about 70s yeah. Yeah. Uh, movie culture or, yeah. or like the film industry in the 70s. Yeah. They were like, green light. Yeah, it's Monty Python. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, put, it, yeah. put it down. Because before that, they'd made um, uh, The Holy Grail. Yep. That's it, yeah. Which again, you know, they made a few snipes. Yeah. Uh, religious interpretation in that when yeah. you've got Palin's character reading from the Bible and it's it sort of ends up becoming this and they said yay <laughs> and everybody was happy because um, that was funded by uh, 
me, other musicians as well, I believe. Oh, was, was it really? It? Yeah, I, I had think. No idea um, about that. I've got some notes on this, but I am sure. Pull out the notes. <laughs> I'm going to pull out the notes, but I am pretty sure that uh, Harrison was a great uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Which was financed by Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and others. Are you kidding? Say, say that into the mic, mate, just in case, because no, uh, it's a podcast. <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah, so apparently it would appear that Monty Python and... The Holy Grail, um, financed by Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, and others. That's wow. amazing. Wow. That's so, that's good, so good. Yeah. But that's, you know, it's kind of, it's one of those revolutionary films that I think, you know, it needs the backing of those kinds of people to yeah. go. And that, that's the thing about George Harrison, who funded uh, Monty Python, mm. or at least gave them the money up front. I think yeah. it was like $4 million yeah. they needed to get the cameras rolling. Um, but because of uh, the supposed blasphemy that was included in the script, the EMI guy pulled out. And uh, when asked why he, uh, George Harrison gave the money to Monty Python to make this movie, his uh, response was, because I want to go see it. <laughs> How good is that? Yes. Um, and uh, uh, Eric Idle... Uh, says afterwards that it turned out to be uh, the world's most expensive cinema ticket. <laughs> Which is another Four good mil, yeah, that's brilliant, isn't it? Well <laughs> worth it, though, George. Yeah, well worth it, I think. Yeah, um, definitely. For what I, what I think is like the most the smartest and funniest movie ever made. Mm. Yeah. You, it's, you can also understand why musicians would be drawn to financing that because it, they are quite rock and roll, aren't they? How, like the, the, the cast of uh, Monty Python. I just think they have that rebellious sort of yeah. sort of gritty nature about them. Yeah, um, there's something quite nihilistic about them, I yeah, think. Like, definitely. Um, when, you, when you look at exactly what they were... So, I, I've watched so many documentaries on... Monty Python and on this movie in particular. Um, but one thing that you get is that when they dealt with anyone at the BBC, they had to constantly remind them that their job is to be silly. That they, you know, that, that 
the scripting and like the filming and location and all that sort of stuff. It doesn't. It's not going to work with Monty Python. But that's mm. the thing. You've got to wonder, like, what else the BBC comedy wise was putting out then? It was probably shit like Love Thy Neighbour mm. and yeah, awful. It ain't our fault, Mum, and these yeah. dreadful sitcoms. Yeah. yeah, and I guess that's what you know. A, a lot of the public were were into then, and I guess. Alternative comedy was just quite new, I guess, wasn't it? it? Was and they really were one of the four, that time. forefront of it, weren't they? Python. Absolutely. I think what happened was that, you know, these are um, some of them are working class, you know, like um, Terry Jones came from Wales, and some of them, actually, surprisingly, Terry, uh, uh, Eric Idle, sorry, uh, and uh, Palin and Cleese, these were uh, privately educated kids, but they all went to Oxbridge and they all part of the Oxford Review and uh, Footlights. And so, you know, they've got their heads screwed on and they know how to do contracts and all that sort of... You know, John Cleese would go, well, that's not right, you know, because I studied three years at law. You know. uh, and actually, another fun fact is that during the filming of um, Life of Brian, uh, Graham Chapman, who played Brian, because he, uh, he's a doctor, <laughs> at the end of the day of every uh, filming session, he would hold um, clinics for anyone working on set. No. So you'd sort of go, okay, everyone, what, <coughs> you know, what are your ailments, that kind of thing. And because they were in Tunisia, we'd do it for people in Tunisia as no well. No way, probably because they've been running around barefoot in the scenes and stuff like that. It's yeah, yeah. yeah. like the, the guy who's playing a sort of quasi Jesus is then yeah. treating everyone's feet at the end of a end of a shooting day. That's fucking oh, crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. I think like, but this, it, around that time in the 70s, it was... Absolutely insane. You you got to think that it's kind of anomalous what they were doing at the mm. time um, uh, with Flying Circus. You know, one week um, Eric Idle would be saying, you know, he'd play uh, football with a group of guys on the weekend, and they go, "That show you do on the BBC is bloody awful. <laughs> what is it about?" The next week they go, "It's really weird, isn't it? That show." I watched it again. They come back the next week and go, "It's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> that show you're doing is absolutely brilliant." And it's just. It's just the silliest, silliest thing. And I think, like, Flying Circus is flawed massively, I think. Um, and there are some really key, brilliant sketches in there. But I think they really came together um, for Life of Brian. I think totally they totally agree. perfected it, mm. everything yeah. they're about. Yeah, I couldn't agree more there. I really couldn't. Shall we, um, shall we go? Shall we do another one? Let's do it. Cool. Okay, so um, the second one I've got is uh, the scene when uh, Brian is writing Romans <laughs> Go Home. <laughs> now, the, weirdly enough, yeah. like my favourite quote out of this whole thing yeah. is the bit uh, where John Cleese's character, the centurion, go, uh, well, uh, so, so Brian's scribbling away, you know, Rome, uh, what is it? Uh, Romanes Aunt Domus. He's writing Romans Go Home. And uh, the centurion just walks up idly, stands next to him and goes, what's this then? Romanes ain't dumbest. People called Romans, they go the house. No, it says Romans go home. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's just that, no, it doesn't. It's just absolutely amazing. Um, I think when we're on tour, that's one of the main <laughs> things that me and my brother say to each other. <laughs> like, you know, uh, we're sitting down at dinner um, <laughs> someone will come over, give us the menus, we'll look through, and I'll go, oh, that looks delicious. I go, 
a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely amazing. But I've got the Hulk. Can I? Can yeah, I go it? for it. Cle- Cleese's enunciation is, is one of my favourite things. And one of my lines we'll, we'll come to later is, is one of Cleese's. And uh, he's taken that onto other roles as well. But cool. uh, it's wicked. But this is, uh, this is, a, is a cracking scene. So, yeah, go. Yeah, cool. Fire, fire uh, I've just got to say about pronunciation. Yeah. Uh, Michael Palin, one of the quotes I've chosen for Michael Palin, the way he speaks in this scene, uh, in, in this later scene, yeah. is just... I really want to do it justice. I have yeah. to, I have to okay. speak it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but this one, okay, so basically you've got Brian's writing graffiti on the palace yeah. wall. Uh, Centurion walks up. What's this then? Romanes ain't domus. People call Romans, they go the house. It says, Romans go home. No, it doesn't. What's Latin for Roman? Come on, come on. Uh, Romanus goes like. Arnus? Vocative plural of Romanus is. Uh, uh, Arnie? Centurion writes the correction on the wall. <laughs> it's, just a, it's like a Latin lesson. It's so good. Um, Ayan. What is Ayan? Uh, go. Conjugate the verb to go. Uh, iri, eo, is, it, imus, itis, Ayan. So Ayan is third person plural present indicative they go. But Romans go home is an order. So you must use the, uh, the imperative, which is uh, e. How many Romans are? Ah, plural, plural. Uh, ite, ite. Centurion corrects the writing on the wall. Domus, nominative. Go home. This is motion towards, isn't it, boy? Dative, sir. And this is when Centurion pulls the sword out and puts it up against his throat. <laughs> uh, 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 no, not the dative, not the dative. Uh, accusative, accusative. Domum, sir. Ad domum, except the domus takes the, the logative, sir, which is uh, domum. Domum. Centurion writes the correction on the wall. Um, understand? Yes. Now, write it out a hundred times. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Hell Caesar, sir. Hell Caesar. And if it's not done by sunrise, I cut your balls off. <laughs> Just, ah, oh, so good. It's, it's because the, also it's so quickly done, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's easy when you first watch it to miss the whole exchange between them. But it's really clever. Yeah. You know, like the, the, uh, I think mainly it's just fucking stupid. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've got this character who's trying so hard to please this uh, group of revolutionaries in, uh, in Jerusalem. Yeah. Somewhat smitten as well. Isn't yeah. Um, and so there's something really serious about it. You know, they're sort of... And it kind of rings true of uh, Wolfie from... Uh, oh, God, who's that character Robert S- Lindsay plays? Robert Lindsay Wolfie. Yeah, yeah. Citizen, yeah. Citizen Smith. Citizen Smith, that's Smith. it. Citizen Smith, yeah. that's it. Um, you know, fist in the air yeah. and mm. that kind of thing. Um and the last thing you expect when a centurion walks up behind is a Latin lesson. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's sort of this alienation device that, that occurs that allows you to sort of sit back and go, Jesus Christ, we're all just, we're all just these weird creatures living on this rock, <laughs> flying around the sun, being utter, utter turds to each other and just being stupid and idiotic. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's absolutely amazing. And I think a part of it is to do with the speed of the scene as well. Yeah. There's yeah. something about the movement, as you Definitely. said yeah. earlier, about the scene that just... And the music's really good, because it's, it's, I think it's obviously just some sort of... Like You're right as well. Yeah. It's it, brilliant. He up to do it at night, it's doesn't he? And then like... Oh, yeah, it goes... Yeah, 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 yeah. It kind of jaws yeah, 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 it is, yeah. isn't it? Mate, yeah, it really is a good bit yeah. of music there. Great score. Well, I've got a little... I've got a few nerdy facts on, on this scene. Brilliant. Go on, go um, for it. I'm sure you've probably stumbled across these already, Bill. 
the graffiti scene, fake walls were built in front of the real ones because they couldn't write on the, on the sacred walls. <laughs> okay. The production left a trail of black smudge that the director was assured would come off, but it didn't. In the end, we had to come back under the cover of night and repaint the stones back to their natural colour. I still don't know if anyone knows about that. <laughs> yeah. If that's true or not, I don't know. But what I did... Um, John Cleese taught Latin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, this is another thing about this group of people, is that this is kind of an in-joke that separates Monty Python from a lot of the people that are watching it at the same time, because... For working class families like mine and my parents, my, my dad didn't learn to read and write until he was 23, until he met my mum. Right. And my mum left school when she was 15, I think. Yeah. So, you know, they, they've always loved this scene uh, for its own reasons, just, yeah. you know, because it's a Latin scene. But if you think about it, it's, it's, so, it's so technical. Yeah, yeah, that's what blows my mind. It's so classically yeah. technical. Um, and the detail that goes into this script is why I think it's stuck around and it's sort of hit. It's not just like an audience favourite. I think it's like a comedian's favourite as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think it's an actor's favourite. Um, and it's got its flaws, naturally, like any piece of work does. But I think when you've got scenes like this, and there's, there are scenes like this that happen the whole way through the film. It's like a film of sketches that's given this narrative yeah. thread yeah. all the way through. Um and I think the cast have actually said themselves, like looking back on it, it's, it's when they hit the zenith of yeah. their writing, of their performance. Um, and Cleese, I don't know if you guys know this, but Cleese wanted to play the title character of Brian. But Didn't know that. Yeah. yeah he was, um, at the, Cleese has always been a really funny one. I've met him, actually. That's really weird. Really? I met him uh, about two months ago. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. I always feel there's a degree of like, there's a, I always feel a little bit scared of John Cleese. Like, I love him. He's, he might be my favourite, but yeah. there's also a little bit of danger about John Definitely. Cleese. And I felt that. Like, before yeah. I... Because I was doing this acoustic uh, gig for um, these this bunch of investigative... Invest, I can never say this. Investigative, investigative. journalists um, uh, called Byline Media. Right. And they basically... Because they do such... Um, sort of off-the-charts work. They need True. funding by various means, yeah. so they do these benefit gigs. And John Cleese has actually been really amazing because he absolutely abhors the Daily Mail right. and the Sun, who've, like, probably for the last three decades, yeah. absolutely ripped him in the press. Good so, on him. yeah, anything that... Um, anything that sort of goes against the Daily Mail or the Sun, he's like, I'm totally taking part in that. I'm fine yeah. being part of the benefits. And, Fantastic. Uh, uh, charity events, benef benefit events, and that kind of thing. But I was roped in because uh, I've met this one guy a few times who's part of Byline Media. He's like, oh, you got to come play an acoustic set. Um, it's up in Stratford. It's a really nice theatre. Got a bunch of people coming along. Oh, and John Cleese is comparing. I was like, I am there. <laughs> I, don't ca I don't care what I have to do to get there or whatever. I'm, I'm going to do it. And it ended up being really, really stressful getting there, but it was totally worth it. Um, so I did this song. I did like a cover of uh, Blondie's Hanging on the Telephone, but talking about uh, the phone hacking scandal. Wicked. So I managed to work the phone hacking scandal in with uh, Blondie's Hanging on the Telephone. Good I job. talked about Glenn Mulcair, who's one of the most famous people uh, involved in News of the World and Daily Mirror with phone hacking, who ended up getting up on stage and standing next to me for the rest of the song, um, which was really kind of frightening Bloody but at the same hell. time I just kind of laughed it off but I was really scared because I, like, I mentioned Glenn Mulcair in the first verse 
I saw this guy walking on stage. I was like, oh my God, that's Glenn Mulcair. <laughs> I had no idea he was going to be here. Um, but yeah, I walked off stage and I was really hoping to meet John Cleese. And this just really foreboding presence came up behind me. And he's a really big guy mm. and I knew his history. And I turned around, just this big smiley face there. And it was John Cleese. I was just like, oh my oh. God. <laughs> uh, and I was so close to saying, you're John Cleese, aren't you? Which is the most stupid uh, fucking thing yeah. you can say to any person, uh, famous person. And he just stuck his hand out and leaned right into me. And he was like, who is that man who came on stage? I said, that was Glenn, Glenn Mulcair, you know, who I was singing about. He was like, what a strange fellow to do that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And then we just talked for the rest of the evening. I got this really blurry picture of me and him. But yeah, I got to Treasured now forever. Absolutely and utterly That's treasured. amazing. But yeah, he, um, going back to what I was saying about Cleese. Cleese is a funny one because he's, um, you know, after Monty Python, he, he, let, he was the first one to leave Monty Python because he wanted to go off and do something different. I think he wanted to sort of um, identify himself as his own, you know, writer, director, actor and that kind of thing. Um, and he was pretty set on, on being Brian. But the cast were just like okay, we know you want to be the centrepiece of this film, but you are far too funny, far too funny looking and mm. acting, you know. And when you look at uh, the scene, like when he's the centurion, he goes, you're fucking Nick, me old beauty. I'm so glad you didn't take He's not Brian. tragic enough for Brian, is because he? I think yeah. He's not. He's taking not. nothing away from Graham Chapman, yeah. like, Brian's just the sort of centre point of the film, but... It's everything else around Brian is. that is the comedy, Definitely. really, isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, he's sort of the neutral yeah. um, hub. In the same way that Jesus is kind of like mm. the hub of this yeah. film, without being entirely present. Yeah, sure. Because you know, it's a it's the Sermon on the Mount and then the crucifixion at the end. Yeah. So it's a very biblical yeah. piece that's sort of about religion and, in particular, Christianity. Yeah. Um, but he's not there. It's everything that's going on around Christianity, and yeah. I'm, I sort of get into this a little bit further um, with just how smart this film is and it, I think again over the years in sort of increments I've gone Jesus Christ this film is about that isn't it <laughs> yeah and there, there was a point when we were watching it on tour and I just sat back and I said something about the film and in particular this one scene that I'm going to come across and my manager, uh, the band's manager, turned to me and went, I think you're reading far too much into this film than you probably... I was like, no, 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 no. It's about this. It's totally about this. And I think because these guys are so classically trained and because, like, John Cleese knows Latin and knows law, and then you've got um, people like Michael Palin, who I think is, like, the funniest <laughs> of all of the Monty Python. Yeah. I mean, Michael Palin comes very close to being completely ignored in yeah. a really weird way because he doesn't do like the high-pitched yeah. Terry Jones speaking. He doesn't do the all right, mm. you know, Eric Idle kind of mm. roles. He doesn't do the, uh, um, you know, the, the, the funny walks like John yeah. Cleese. Mm. He's, he's kind of a straight man. Mm. Yeah. But in the same way that Graham Chapman's a straight man, but I think in a completely different way. I think Michael Palin is... Is I think he's like if there's a genius in the whole of that crew, I think Michael pa Palin comes close to being like the bona fide, bona fide genius. That's totally Latin, isn't it? Bona fide, uh, the, uh, the the bona fide yeah. genius. And there, this one scene, like oh, there are just so many scenes and so many quotes. But I think Michael Palin is is 
the one Monty Python that I desperately have to meet if I ever meet another Monty Python. <laughs> yeah. And I've come close to Eric Idle, and yeah. I'd love to meet him. Yeah. But, um, yeah. What Michael scene Palin. is it with Palin? What's the okay, one I'm going to jump forward. No, it's actually this one. Is it's it? It's the biggest, dickest one. So this is, <laughs> this is three? This, this is, is three. three. Right. So, biggest, so, dickest. So, yeah, so number one was... Um, oh, it's blessed out of me! Yeah. Oh, they've had a hell of a time. Um, and uh, so the second, uh, the second one was uh, uh, Romani Aunt Dumas. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so the third one is um, what's so funny about Bickus Dickus. So Brian has been caught by the uh, Romans. <laughs> he's been brought into Pilate's uh, throne room, and he's uh, been told to kneel by the centurion. <laughs> and um, uh, Brian has just said. <clears throat> Ah, oh, you know, um, uh, I look like a Jew, but I'm also a Roman. My, you know, I've got a, my, he was in the Jerusalem garrisons. Uh, it was called Nautius Maximus. <laughs> and the centurion laughs. And uh, um, uh, Pilate, who's played by Palin, doesn't quite get it. And he goes, oh, well, uh, you know, it's a, it's a silly made-up name, like uh, Siliosodus or Biggest Dickus. And you just hear the, uh, hear the other soldiers <laughs> laughing in the background. And... Uh, and Palin just turns around with this sort of really arch eyebrow and goes, what's so funny about Bigger's Dickers? <laughs> um, now, one fun fact about this scene is that the guys playing the soldiers in the background weren't told what was going to be happening in the scene. Oh, amazing. Really? The only thing they were told was that they were not allowed to laugh. <laughs> right? Which is astonishing. And it, sho it shows you the comedy, the writing, and the timing <coughs> that goes on this scene yeah, in yeah. that they are trying fucking hardest not yeah, to Yeah, suppressing That's it. Genius. And so <clears throat> I'm going to have to act this because this is probably, I know it's number three, and I'm doing this in chronological order as it goes through the film. Yeah, sure. sure. But I think this is probably my favourite scene. And yeah. This is my favourite quote. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, Palin goes, what's so funny about Biggest Douglas? I have a great friend in Rome called Biggest Douglas. Wait till Bickers Dickers hears of this. <laughs> Anyone feel like a little giggle when I mention my friend Bickers Dickers? What about you? Do you find it visible when I say the name Bickers Dickers? <laughs> and at this point, like Palin, if you watch it really closely, if you've seen this thing, Palin is trying to stifle yeah. the laughter himself. And I think it just becomes... So contagious, it's and everyone just sort of doubles over in it's laughter. The bit that you just said, when he goes, mm, Biggus, and you hear someone go, mm. <laughs> 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 yeah. desperately trying not to go, and it just squeezes in before Dickus, which is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, like this soldier is squeezing his face together without touching it. And his lips are contorted. And it's amazing. But it's just the... It's, it, I think completely... Are you going to carry on? I'm totally going to carry yeah. on. Right. I'm so sorry. I just had to mention that part. But no, I didn't want you to not <laughs> no, get the no, rest no. of the scene because it's so, brilliant. Yeah, he, goes, <clears throat> he has a wife, you know. <laughs> no, she's called Incontinentia. Incontinentia buttocks, and this is when they all just got like, it's just, but this is, this, this is the kind of stuff that I loved when I was a kid, and this is what had me totally doubled over, and this is, you'd go from that, um, you know, blessed art of me scene, yeah. and then you go to the, the writing on the wall and the Latin lesson, and then you just go to a scene where someone's being slapped, and, uh, 
Oh, it's Brian being slapped. And, um, <clears throat> you know, even just stuff like Punish Pilot saying, what is your name? And he says, Brian. He goes, Brian. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Strike him. <laughs> um, yeah, just... Mon Monty Python had that, though. Like, um, I, I was drawn into him really young, and I wasn't... I didn't see any of those layers. I was right. just drawn into their characters and the silly voices and yeah. how abstract it was to start with. Yeah, yeah. And then it just has that... You don't realise that how layered it is and how smart they are yeah, and yeah. what they're delivering. And definitely... In, um, Life of Brian, but more more so than Holy Grail. I probably have got warmer connections to Holy Grail just because when I experienced it as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think Life of Brian's a but but to get it satire. at that age and just on the levels of stupidity and the characters. Yeah. He's testament to how fucking genius he yeah. is. Yeah. I guess so. You're on board and completely think it went round my school. Repeating it like all everywhere. every single yeah. one of my schoolmates would just quote it day after day after mm. day. And we was like thirteen. Yeah. And like, and you think, and it's as you get older, you dig deeper, and you think, you already rate that film as one of the most greatest comedy masterpieces <laughs> ever. And there's more and more and more levels to it. Yeah. The more you smarten up as you get older, yeah. you know. I've just had yeah. this. I've just a memory's just come up. Um, we were in. Oh, this was in junior school, so I, I must have been um, eight or nine. And my mum came into school one day, and uh, our teacher uh, was doing something on the Romans. And uh, she, she was talking about um, Caesar Augustus. And she was saying, yes, a lot of Romans back then, they would have <laughs> um or us at the end of their names. And my mum laughed. I was like, oh, that's, that's weird. And she's like, sorry, sorry, carry on. And after, after like, class, I went up to my mum. I was like, what, why, would you, why did you laugh? And she went, oh, life of Brian, biggest dickers. <laughs> that's got us on the end. And I was, I was like, I totally get it. But... Um, yeah, just, I think that's probably why I carry that film so much in my heart. Like, what is it about the Holy Grail? Because there are so many things about the Holy Grail mm. that I love. Um, I think it's the bunny scene that snatches it's it. It's got to be, it's the bunny scene and also, um, there's but a scratch. And he's obviously, <laughs> cut, he's literally lost both arms yeah. and that. Yeah. And they, they're two things that immediately sort of come to mind. And later on in... Um, you know, 10 years down the line, then it's more, because I never really enjoyed the end of it as a nine, 10 year old, whenever I first saw it, I was like, there's a bit, you know, that the, the, freaked me it's out just strange end. as fuck, mm. right? Yeah, it's really disorientating and totally. really alienating. Yeah. Because you've followed this thread, you've gone, <laughs> right, okay, so this is medieval Britain, King yeah. Arthur and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then it just totally jerks you out of that. Yeah. But they weren't afraid to do that. It was mm. no, kind no. of surrealist. Yeah. And, Definitely, yeah. man. So, like, 10, 15 years later, I'm like, now I, I find I really enjoy that that's what they did. And yeah. They, they, weren't, they weren't worried about sort of just ending a movie in just that <laughs> fucking batshit way. I'm totally way. with you on it. Because yeah. I, you know? I think the ending's probably one of my favourite things because you, do, you start to see not just the crowd and the police <laughs> turning up and just <laughs> realising how sort of... This is so disjointed with the movie and I, I, I just don't... It's such a weird crap yeah. ending. Yeah. But even like the beginning, like, you know, with the credits, yeah. when the credits are rolling and they suddenly go, oh, we've just suddenly come into money, so now they're sprucing up the credits. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, we ran out of money. Um, but yeah, I, you know, you watch the ending now and you just see sort of uh, Graham Chapman just looking around, looking really worried as King Arthur, just going, oh God, what's happening? 
Everybody run away. <laughs> run away. That's it. Run away. Run away. Run away. But the same, that same thing happens in Monty, uh, um, sorry, uh, Life of Brian with the spaceship scene. Yeah. Oh, fucking That's hell. That's really weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That freaked me out when I was a kid. Yeah. And I used to hate it. I used to forward through it. Yeah. I, I used to, you know, wait till it's over and then get back to it. Yeah. Back to when it crashes. Yeah. And uh, he crawls out the wreckage and then yeah. that. <laughs> That guy goes, oh, you lucky bastard. <laughs> That's another one that I could have used. Yeah. Oh, there's some it's other scenes. I wonder oh. if you'll use them. Yeah, yeah and Palin, when he's strung up on the wall, he That's goes, it. you lucky <laughs> jammy bastard. You jammy bastard. Well, I wouldn't give to be spat on. If only just sucked me up the right way around. I've been up here five years. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Centurion. <laughs> Shut up. Sorry. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Jabby Terrific. Bloody terrific. brilliant. Oh, amazing. Mm. But yeah, you know the, the guy who says, oh, you lucky bastard, after yeah. he gets out the, yeah. uh, the spaceship. That's the costume <laughs> designer. Really? Yeah, yeah. All those little bits are just so Brilliant. Good. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, kills me. Should we keep rattling them off? Yeah, yeah is that okay? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Right, so um, I've actually I've put this in the wrong order. I've done two scenes, which one right after the other. And I yeah. think it's because um, watching uh, this... I'm going to do this scene first, okay? And then I'm going to go back in time and do the scene that goes before it. Right, cool. okay. Because cool, um, cool. I feel like I have to talk, talk about this one. Because this, for me says so much about the human condition. Yeah. It says so much about how we function as people within a society, not just like as people in isolation, but how we how we are like we are harbingers of kind of the, all the stuff that goes before us, all the stuff that we don't even realize, like all the environmental stuff that we pick up along the way that we just take as red, you know. And it's only when you sort of see these scenes played out in front of you and the ridiculousness of these uh, social constructs that we make that you go, oh my God, that's so weird how we do that, isn't it? It's <laughs> yeah. so crazy. So, right, basically, <laughs> Brian, after this group of people being convinced that he's the Messiah, he's run out of the market square being chased by this big group of people who are hailing him as the Messiah. And uh, he manages to escape them, jumps into a pit, and there's a guy there um, who's had a vow of silence for 30 years and all of a sudden because his foot's been stamped on he goes whoop you know starts speaking and Brian starts apologising the guy goes ah oh, I've started speaking now I've peeped a little bit I might as well just start singing he starts singing the crowd see him and they all of a sudden come over and uh, yeah so the quote is how should we fuck off oh lord <laughs> so here we go um, can I do this scene? Because this is oh, like... Go it. for it, right, Okay. Uh, so, yeah, they run up to the pit and they see Brian in the pit. And, uh, and so the crowd goes, Speak! Speak to us, Master! Speak to us! Go away! A blessing! A blessing! <laughs> How should we go away, Master? I don't know. Just go away and leave me alone. Give us a sign! He has given us a sign! He has brought us to this place! I didn't bring you, bring you here. You just followed me. 
Oh, it's still a good sign by any standard. <laughs> Master, your people have walked many miles to be with you. They are weary and have not eaten. It's not my fault they haven't eaten. There is no food here in this high mountain. Well, what about the juniper bushes over there? A miracle! A miracle! <laughs> he has made the bush fruitful by his words. They have brought forth juniper bushes. Uh, yeah, they have brought forth juniper bushes. Of course they brought forth juniper berries. They're juniper bushes. Sorry, I got totally fucked up. <laughs> yeah, was I, was, I must have been typing this out going, oh. this is fucking brilliant. Okay. Uh, show us another miracle. Do not tempt him, shallow ones. Is not the miracle of the juniper bushes enough? <laughs> I say, those are my juniper bushes. They are a gift from God. They're all I've got to bloody eat. I say, get off those bushes. Go on, clear off the lot of you. Go on. Lord, I am affected by a bald patch. And then this bald guy walks along. I am healed. The master healed me. I didn't touch him. I was blind and now I can see. And then the blind man falls into the pit. <laughs> a miracle, a miracle. Tell them to stop it. I hadn't said a word for 18 years till he came along all together again. A miracle! He <laughs> is the Messiah! Well, he hurt my foot. Hurt my foot, Lord. Hurt my foot and mine. Hail Messiah! I'm not the Messiah. I say you are, Lord, and I should know I've followed a few. Hail Messiah! I'm not the Messiah. Will you please listen? I am not the Messiah. Do you understand? Honestly, only the true Messiah denies his divinity. <laughs> what? Well, what sort of chance does that give me? All right, I am the Messiah. He is the Messiah. Now, fuck off. How should we fuck off, oh Lord? It's just... It's that little pause oh. before. How should we yeah, fuck exactly. off? Yeah, exactly. Now, now, fuck off. It's just the way they all start looking up and just... How should we fuck off, oh Lord? But it's just... Everyone getting swept Brilliant. away and justifying their own means <laughs> just based on these presumptions that he is the Messiah. Oh, it's genius. <sighs> I was blind. Really I'm so no, sorry I, I acted that out. No, I Billy, mate. I, mate, that was fantastic, dude. Amazing. That was so good. Actually, because well, one of the things about podcasting is sometimes we can't, we talk about a scene in that yeah. and you can't convey it. So you Absolutely. think you've completely nailed that. That's definitely one of our, our first for us. Definitely. And, uh, Brilliant. Bad, yeah. I, I, such a good scene. I'm such, such a, a dramatic person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. But yeah, um, it's, uh, it's just one of those scenes I remember watching and just being like, that says so much about who we are as people. Mm. And it's not just, I just, that's why I don't think this is just any movie. Mm. I think this is like the epitome you know, yeah. we've, they've set the standard and yeah. we're going to keep trying and keep trying to <laughs> yeah. make better and brilliant movies, but yeah. And once you've seen it once and you just watch that scene again, just waiting for the crescendo of the fuck off because <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? Yeah. And it you is. know it's coming yeah. and it's just, the, the timing of it and the way that it's written just just builds for the punchline. It does, yeah. yeah. And, and then like, it's dead silent, And then it? you're hit with that just fuck off and then you just think, <laughs> there you go, you've had it, but it's not. It's then that, uh, how should we fuck off? Yeah. The people looking around going, the Messiah just said fuck off. Oh, my God. How do we? <laughs> but, you know, it, he must be right. He's the Messiah. Yeah. So how should we fuck off, oh, Lord? <laughs> um, but yeah, and, he go, and it's Chapman goes from being, like, really frustrated and, like, and, and, and almost, like, browbeat and, like... It's not me, it's not me to just that, all right, I am, and he just loses it, doesn't yeah. he? And it's just brilliant. Oh, I think it's just people in any situation that they, they, they can't really see themselves getting out of. Yeah. Even if it's like a, like a 
family tiff or you know yeah. with a loved one or something like that yeah. like I can't do anything right here yeah alright then I did do that so you did no I, I'm just saying it yeah. because you're not giving me any way out yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I I just think this film says so much about the human condition yeah, about the situations absolutely. we find ourselves in that we create for each other the, the sort of barriers we create to, for each other the constructs that we yeah. create so that you know we get we, we, we fail to give people the opportunities to, to provide the right response that we maybe need mm. to hear rather than the one that we want to hear. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. And there's confirmation bias from everyone in the crowd as well. They've already got their thoughts on why he's the Messiah. Yeah. And what, what, are the, what are the signs that the Messiah have left them? So yeah. half of them. I don't, and I don't know. I want to be careful because I don't know what you was going to You said there was another scene before that you want to talk about. But yeah. I don't think it's going to talk about the sandal and the drinking vessel, but... There's like, you know, it, like um, Brian loses his sandal at some point, doesn't yeah. he? And yeah. so then a bunch of the followers are taking that sandal as a meaning yep. of, and an interpretation of what Brian is saying to That's them. That's it. Yeah, and yeah. then another bunch are going on about, still about the... The, the gourd. The, the it's gourd. the gourd, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're thinking that there's something in that and that that's the sign. And yeah. it's, again, it's, it's whole, right going back to the sermon, it's that foreshadowing of talking about how people are going to misinterpret yeah. what someone's doing, yeah. which yeah. actually could be absolutely nothing. To, it could be completely so wrong. Yeah. And then you've got people arguing over, should we be... Should we be uh, sandal. Worse, sandal. Yeah, or, <laughs> which is like... Genuinely, how some schisms have formed. Completely. That's like when I was watching it the other day, I was like, fuck me, he's so oh, no, such a great comment. Exactly yeah. that. And it was, yeah, it's, it's completely yeah. believable. And so people like put the weight on the sandal. You know, yeah. the sandal is just a thing, yeah. you know, and yeah. people apply their meaning. Yeah, of course. Over intellectualise yeah. it. Yeah, they do. <laughs> as I tend to do. It's about this. Yeah. No, it's really no. not. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, you, you already see that they're just beginning to, f like, he's, he's not even been established as a messiah. And he's denying himself as a messiah. And they're not letting him. They've caught him in a catch yeah. 22. Yeah. And, and they're already fighting amongst each other. Yeah. Because um, they want to put their faith in something, exactly. they, they're desperate to. Absolutely. They're desperate, desperate to have someone to follow. Which, you know, anthropology. Yeah. I mean, yeah. humans do that. There's a hierarchy, whether it's faith or power or yeah, exactly. Because yeah. they end up carrying the guy who was in the pit with the vow of silence <laughs> ends up getting carried off because yeah. he doesn't want people eating his juniper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they call him a heretic. That's right. Yeah. No, he's not <laughs> heretic. <laughs> so that poor son yeah. had been doing nothing wrong. Just get to. His mouth shut. He had all his juniper berries eaten, and then he says, Brilliant. "He knows the truth. He's just speaking facts." Yeah. <laughs> well, he's not. Oh, hold on. This crowd is absolutely insane. I'm exactly. Like, and it sh it shows you sort of mob mentality. Yeah. And then the innocent just getting carried off. Yeah, completely. <laughs> and it's history, isn't it? It is. You know, it people is. getting caught up yeah. in certain situations simply because of where they happen to be yep. at a certain time rather than any view that they hold or yep. actions that they've had. So, but yeah, the, the scene totally feeds into the sandal and the gourd because right, cool. for me, like, as, um, you know, I'm a big lefty, right? <laughs> so you're in, you're in good company. <laughs> Wicked. Okay, cool. Um, now, uh, I've, I've had a big, big problem with um, the, the bartering system of capitalism sure. ever since I was a kid. I've always hated confrontations. And our manager in our band is a barterer, right? So yeah. 
anywhere, even if there's like a fixed price. We, you know, we went to Niagara Falls yeah. and he was bartering over the price yeah. of the photos from Niagara Falls. I'm like, dude, they're like 1250. Yeah. Just pay the 1250. Yeah. He's like, no, yeah. no, 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 I'm going to try and get it down yeah. to five. Um, and I hate it and I can never do it. Sure. And so the fifth one that I'm choosing is the scene just before the Messiah scene. And it's when he's trying to pick up a fake beard from a haggler. <laughs> in the market square so that he can get away from the centurions. <laughs> and he's just frantically trying to do it. And you've got this typical sort of Eric Idle... Uh, white boy. Wheeler dealer, yeah. white yeah. boy going, go on, aggle. You know, it's not just a simple exchange of yeah. goods and services for money. There's got to be this relationship of conflict involved. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that for me speaks so much about capitalism. Well, and I think that's kind of what they're saying. Or... That's what I like to think that they're saying. It's plausible, definitely. <laughs> so I'm just going to read this scene out. And uh, here we go. Okay. So how much? Quick. What? It's for the wife. Uh, and so this is playing on the, uh, on, on the joke before the yeah. of, the, uh, of the stoning Stonings. scene where they're all wearing the beard. All women. Now, what are I'm going to say now. Are there any women here today? <laughs> She said, she said, who said, who said, <laughs> so good. Um, so, yeah, there's this common theme running That's that um, women, whenever they want to partake in anything, they wear the beard. So, yeah, um, the beard is for the wife. Oh, uh, 20 shekels. Right. What? There you are. Wait a minute. What? Well, we're supposed to haggle. <laughs> no, no. I've got to get. What do you mean? No, no, no. I haven't got time. Uh, well, give it back then. No, no, no. I just paid you. But. Yeah? This bloke won't aggle. Won't aggle. <laughs> All right, do we have to? Now, look, I want 20 for that. I, I just gave you 20. Now, are you telling me that's not worth 20 shekels? No. Look at it. Feel the quality. That's none of your goat. All right, I'll give you 19 then. No, no, no. Come on, do it properly. What? Haggle properly. This isn't worth 19. Well, you just said it was worth 20. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Come on, haggle. Huh? All right, I'll give you 10. That's more like it. 10? Are you trying to insult me <laughs> with a poor dying grandmother? Ten. All right, I'll give you eleven. Now you're getting it. Eleven. Did I hear you right? Eleven. This cost me twelve. You want to ruin me? Seventeen. No, no, no. Seventeen. Eighteen. No, no. You go to fourteen now. All right, I'll give you fourteen. Fourteen? Are you joking? That's what you told me to say. Oh, dear. Tell me what to say, please. Offer me fourteen. I'll give you fourteen. He's offering me 14 for this. 15? 17. My last word. I won't take a penny less or strike me dead. 16. Done. Nice <laughs> doing business with you. Tell you what, I'll throw you this in as well. And it's the gourd. Um, I don't want it, but thanks. Bert? Yeah? All right, all right, all right. Now, where's the 16 you owe me? I just gave you 20. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's four you then. Well, that's all right. That's fine. That's fine. No, hang on. I've got it somewhere. That's all right. That's four for the gourd. Four? For this gourd? Four? Look at it. It's worth ten, ten if it's worth a shekel. But you just gave it to me for nothing. Yes, but it's worth ten. All right, all right. No, 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 no. It's worth ten. You're supposed to argue. Ten for that, you must be mad. And then he realises he's run off. <laughs> One born every minute. Yeah. Brilliant. Just, just <laughs> the catalyst nightmare yeah. that I, you know, that I sort of, as a lefty, just want to push away and deprive myself of the rest of my life. It's just completely <laughs> epitomised in that scene. I think it's absolute genius. I've, I, I can't haggle. 
I couldn't lie. I was amazing as a kid when I was naive. And then I even studied it and knew how to, but by that point, I couldn't. I just get really self-conscious, and I start thinking that I'm the really out-of-order one in the exchange. Mm. And I think that's the thing, is that if someone's put a price on something, I'll either agree with it or I won't buy it. Yeah. And that's it. And I just, you know, as someone who's generally quite anxious for most of my life anyway, or most of my time, the last thing I want to do is start... Engaging a price war. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And start getting on somebody's wrong side (laughs) because of the price of an item. Yeah. Um, But yeah, uh, I, I just think that that scene's absolutely amazing. I think... If there was one quote, and I know it's meant to be my favourite life of buying quotes, um, but yeah, for me it's got to be, um, where is it? Sorry, I'm just having a look. I was writing That's this fine. out and I was, just, I was just giggling to myself <laughs> so much. Yeah, 10 for this, you must be mad. <laughs> <laughs> he starts haggling with himself. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, so there you go, there's my five. Mate, Billy. Billy, that's been fucking funny, man. Um, Thank you so much for enduring me. No way! We have never had anyone perform like that. It was brilliant. We haven't had a chance. We haven't spoke about subways and that, which we, you know, I was a big fan of, mate. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen you loads and stuff like that. But let's keep on talking about Monty Python. We've got, look, you've got to move the car in fifteen minutes. Oh fuck it! Right, yeah, yeah. Is is there any 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 other ones that you that you liked? Any quotes or anything in there that you? Well, we've got ten minutes, so there's no massive rush or anything. We've not even mentioned like, and this is one that I I didn't consciously avoid. Yeah. Um, but it deserves an honourable mention, and it's uh. He's not the Messiah. He's a no- very naughty boy. <laughs> now, there's something so brilliant about this scene as well, because... Oh, and this is a brilliant, brilliant trivia quote as well. Um, so, Brian has slept with... Oh, what's her name? Finally got the girl. Yeah, he's finally um, got the girl. And then not... Oh, it's gone. I can Can't never remember yeah, her yeah, name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so they've had <laughs> sex, and Brian's mum comes in. Uh, no, this is this is after because he goes to the window, opens, yeah. the, opens door, the door, and all the people who were following him, who yeah. think he's the Messiah, are waiting out there. Yeah. Apparently, there were actually two thousand people waiting for him when he opened the shutters, and he was completely really naked. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, after the first take, Terry Jones went up to uh, Graham Chapman and went, "By the way, we can tell that you're not actually Jewish." So, yeah. <laughs> in order to sort that out, they, you know, uh, tied it up with uh, a rubber band. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. gave him a mock circumcision. (laughs) A mock circumcision. Brilliant. But also, I think um, the uh, the smarts in this film really shine through. And it's just something, you know, that we laugh at as we go through the film, watching the film. But he goes, you can all think for yourselves. (laughs) You're all individuals. And they all together go, yes, we're all individuals, like en masse as part of this, like, unified group think and then there's one person yeah. the lone voice goes I'm not yeah. <laughs> like the only one willing to speak out realises that he is not an individual yeah. it's just the irony yeah. is so rich and at the same time obvious yeah. it's so stark in the obvious but yeah. do you know yeah. another little um, a bit of trivia about that scene so when he opened the window and there was all those people there. The first religious group to really get offended by um, Life of Brian was Muslim. Because there was loads of real Muslims there. And obviously one of their um, tenants was, you know, um, women shouldn't be 
beholding naked men. He opened that window, <gasps> and obviously there was loads of actual Muslims there, just in the you know the extras, and they all just ran off screaming. Oh my god! Because they really? saw him naked. <laughs> So he actually offended a fuckload of actual Muslims because he's like, ta-da! And yeah. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, so... Really? You know, bringing so Western thought, culture to Tunisia, but I think, like, yeah. bringing a bunch of nihilist revolutionaries <laughs> yeah, over, yeah. you know, who don't, who don't really... Kind of irreverent are the last mm. people you should be sending over yeah, as sort yeah, of yeah. <laughs> yeah, epitomes oh, yeah. of Western culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to do a, a shout-out to... Yeah. Um, Crucifixion? Uh, no, freedom. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes! They've said I've done nothing wrong and I can it go and live on an island on my own. Yeah. And it's that Michael Pan, he's so happy for him, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good for you! <laughs> isn't that wonderful? I'm only having you on, mate. <laughs> crucifixion. Okay, like, I know. Uh, lovely, one crossing. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, I'm only having you on, mate. It's crucifixion. <laughs> I fucking love it when, uh, oh. it's a little bit, one of my favourite scenes is when they're marching through the market with their crucifixes. <laughs> and one of the guys who's awfully posh, he's like having trouble carry, uh, carrying it. Oh, no, he's not. This, this other guy's having trouble carrying the crucifix. And this awfully posh guy in the market goes, Are you okay there? Let me shoulder your burden. <laughs> That's bro. it. Let me shoulder your burden, brother. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and then he runs <laughs> off, and this poor, part, this poor posh dude, he's left with a crucifix. And the Romans are like, Come on, what are you doing? He said, Well, this isn't mine. He says, Yes, it is. He has to go off. And then um, someone in the uh, crowd, just shouts in the market, says, bloody Romans. And then John Cleese turns around and says, watch it. Watch it. And then just uh, under his breath, typical Cleese says, uh, there's still a few cru- crucifixes left. <laughs> <laughs> just under his breath, like a, a passing, yeah. you know, mutter, which yeah, yeah. Cleese is really good it's at. It's those yeah. little moments yeah, that yeah. make it, though. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, when uh, pa- Palin is a Pontius Pilate, yeah. and... Um, <laughs> and and Cleese mishears him. He goes, uh, how many have come through? And he goes, uh, about 11 o'clock, sir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Pilot just looks at him and sort of like pulls a frown, looks away and then looks at him again. And it's just <gasps> the look again. It's just... <laughs> yeah, it's genius, it's that. It's just sublime. It's, it's good. really good, that double take. I missed yeah. it for about 20 years. Yeah. And then my oh, brother geez. pointed it out to me. He goes, watch Palin. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so good. Right, Bill, what's happening musically? Uh, well, I've actually oh, just uh, come from the studio uh, tracking some bass guitars. Uh, Charlotte was in the studio today. She's just had a kid, so uh, she left uh, her newborn baby with her mum to come over to the studio and, and record some bass guitars. We've got uh, eight songs, uh, drums and bass recorded. Um, I'm at uni at the moment doing an English degree in my second year. I've got a month until my uh, year two exams, which... Uh, important but not important kind of thing, you know. They're not important, they don't count for anything, but they kick your ass if you do yeah, badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm sort of, I'm balancing band life and uni life at the moment, which sure. is both fun and insanely stressful. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I'm doing a really difficult degree as well, which takes up so much of my time. It's like 40 hours of reading a week, plus wow. two 2,000-word essays a week. Uh, Bloody yeah. hell. It's been a while since I had to do that, mate. <sighs> Dude, it's just, it's um, like <clears throat> the uni I go to as well. We've got these hour and a half supervisions, uh, two of them a week. Uh, they, they really sort of push you and test you on your reading. And uh, I could tell I was really tired like last term. And it was just, I, I'd just been sort of at the studio recording drums with Josh. And 
you know, typical bloody band. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I've been living pretty much in the same town since, you know, since I was at school. Josh lives over in France. Charlotte lives up in Sheffield. So, you know, anytime I want them to record drums or bass guitar, I'm like, right, let's get it in the diary, let's get it sorted. Um, but then I usually have to balance it with stuff that I'm doing at, at uni. But there was one supervision I had last term. It was 45 minutes into the supervision, I realised I definitely hadn't done enough reading. And I was just staring into space and this one-on-one <laughs> supervisions uh, with like experts in the field and I could read the pity, the pity <laughs> on my supervisor's face. And all I could think of was just... I cannot wait to get back to the studio and make some noise. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, um, fifth album's on its way. It'll be out in a couple of years. Um, it's, we, we're sort of, because I'm at uni, getting the opportunity to write a debut album again. Mm. You know, Because once you've written your debut album, which you have your, your whole life to write and record, yeah. you start just you know, touring, record, touring, record, yeah. and you get it sort of into a, into a loop, into a cycle. Whereas when I told Charlotte and Josh that I was going to go to uni, there was a sigh of relief I thought they were going to kick my ass but they're like no brilliant three years off excellent so I'm at uni living the uni lifestyle because uh, the uni I go to I have to live in college for yeah. the whole eight weeks oh my god they get to you'll be like they'll, they won't realise you're like yeah oh, I was in a band and then they'll find out you're like you were smashing the rock and roll scene. <laughs> I managed to Were get away with it. you a real rock star? <laughs> I managed to get away with it for like the first half of the first term yeah. And then I wore a festival T-shirt. I made sure that we weren't on the back of the T-shirt. <laughs> but I wore a festival T-shirt. And uh, someone mentioned, and then we started talking. They're like, how do you, how do you know that? Because I, I just go, oh, yeah, I'm good mates with that band. And they just, yeah. I was like, oh, the floodgates are open. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, I'm in a band called the Subways. And a few of them, because we're much, so much bigger in Europe than we ever have been over here, a few of the Erasmus students that had come over from Paris and, and, uh, and Berlin were like, oh, crikey, you're in the Subways. Oh, wow, I remember Rock and Roll Queen. And then we were asked to play the Mabel last year, which is quite embarrassing, but also really brilliant. Yeah, 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 totally. they were just like these nerds in, in yeah. the crowd sort of trying to mosh. It was <laughs> hilarious. Um, but yeah, it's great. I've, I've moshed out to you, mate. What's that, sorry? Radio? You do radio? Uh, yes, um, I do a show with my wife, Rowena Alice-Lewis, on Boogaloo Radio. Who will be on this yeah. podcast. Yeah, she'll absolutely kick my ass. She's great on radio. So I just, I gabble on like this. You, dude, you, set, the, you set the bar high. Yeah, she does a show called Riot Diet, and she yeah. plays um, bands who must feature at least one female in their lineup. Um, and it's sort of testament to just how many bands there are with uh, with women in. Uh, so don't let anyone tell you that oh you know there aren't enough bands with women in at the moment because they're all there. It's just that they need to be given the chance on on the stations and on the uh, on the festivals. That's the same argument as all all hip hop shit these days. It's like there's loads of good stuff out yeah. there. You just got to make the effort to look. You know, because there was a big um, fury about the uh, wireless festival, wasn't there? With the line, really? Yeah. What this year? Yeah, this year's. I mean, they, it's it's getting a bit better, but it's still just like you know, four or five out of two hundred, and you just yeah. think the talent's definitely yeah, there. Yeah, it is. You just need to search a bit harder. Yeah, I think, yeah, 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 and, and stop forcing us to listen to it everywhere as well <laughs> in the mainstream. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. so, where can people follow you, Bill? Yeah, well, um, if you. Uh, can deal with me <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Billy Subway uh, on Instagram at Billy Lunn or on Twitter the band at the Subways on Instagram at the Subways we're on Facebook as well uh, we're on YouTube 
uh, if you want to watch us playing live, which is, you know, mainly what we do. We're like a live touring band. Is yeah, and, like and I do encourage anyone to go and see you guys live. Oh, but cool, yeah, cool, it, yeah. You, you, you've got a lot of energy. I remember I went to the Great Escape one year. I know I'm about to get a parking ticket, but I remember going I'm to so the Great sorry, Escape one year. No, it's cool, man. <laughs> no, like, um, I was about to say that. Um, and uh, I was done because I think we, I was like three days in. I was broken. Yeah. And then we came to see you and I was just like, I've just got to go batshit crazy one more time. So nice. I, I would say, man, I, I look forward to hearing the new stuff. And, oh, uh, wicked. Yeah. Mm. Nice one. Nice. Uh, so are you happy if um, we take you on all the social media stuff and people can have a chat, chat with all of us about their favourite scenes in Life of Brian? Absolutely. Oh, shit. Yeah, take yeah, it, yeah. run with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Go for it. We, I mean, we definitely do that. All I want to do is spread the Life of Brian life. <laughs> That's all I want to do. So, yeah. Bill, it's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been really, really lovely. Uh, feels up. like we've known each other for years. Yeah, man. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's good luff. It's been really, it's really nice fun. Well, yeah. you know, I love the podcast, so it's oh, a real cheers, pleasure mate. to be invited on. Oh, so. thank you so much, mate. It's really Appreciate kind of you to say. Now, fuck off. Hello again. This is 76. Um... That was brilliant. I genuinely, genuinely love the Holy Grail. Probably my favourite um, Monty Python film and or everything that they've ever done. Um, thank you for listening. I hope you had a little giggle to yourselves uh, and quoted along with it uh, during your journey, commute, walk, whatever the fuck you're doing while you listen to this um, god-awful podcast. Um, by the time you hear this, I'd imagine Stu's Off The Beat and Track podcast will be out, so he's too big for his boots now um, being number one in the iTunes charts we'll be lucky if we get him back for this shitty little podcast so it'll probably just be Chris on his own I'd imagine um, bloody nightmare maybe they'll ask me to jump in and do it or, or Brad or someone less funny than me or Brad but anyway um, peace out to the Distraction Pieces Network uh, Jason Reed, Jim Smallman Susie Gage um, Saucy George uh, Scroobius, Pip, um, Stu Whiffin, Standalone, Stu Whiffin, part of Hardcore Listing Podcast, Chris Glasson, Brad Acton, myself, www.76.bandcamp.com for all those hot beats and hip-hop instrumental projects that I know you guys want to go and listen to. Um, stay tuned for next week when we'll have another guest who talks through their top five something and Stu Chris will respond via conversation, listening, and an interchange of related words and sentences. Bye. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.